try that. Sorry. I, um, I just simply put, my, my heart ached this morning when I watched my neighbor from down the street drive out and turn the other way uh, to go maybe to another church. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, um, I'm assuming they were going to do something else. And for my son to ask me, uh, he has been asking um, quite often, can so-and-so, his, his buddy from down the street, uh, come to church? And he's asked his buddy to come to church. And so when he asked me uh, again this morning before leaving the house, can we go down and invite so-and-so to church? I said, well, we, we probably need to do it in the middle of the week more. Probably on our way out is not the best time. And as they zoomed by, he said, there they go. Maybe they're going to church. It just... It hurt me because in his innocence, he, he, he doesn't recognize that the things of God are foolishness to many of those who live right next door to us. And I, I hope you're recognizing that our church need recognize that. When we get done with this series on manhood and womanhood, and maybe we'll get to it. I, I, I did something else last week and I'm going in a different direction this week. We've got a few more weeks of that. But when we get done, we're going into a series called Re-Envisioning. And it's going to be a clarification and a rethinking and a re-looking at our purpose as individuals and as a church. And one of the specific reasons I want to do that is because I, I, I feel led to highlight the third portion of our purpose. Namely, that we exist to free the world. And that's not... That's not just to be task-oriented as part of our duty. I'm learning, and we, we all need to learn through the Spirit's prompting as He grows us, as we walk with Him, that it's not just our duty. It should be the, it should be the burden and the cry of our hearts. See, to tell my son this morning, um, some... People just don't find church important was about the best, most non-judgmental, clear way I could say to my son why they weren't turning this way. Uh, you got to be careful with four or five year olds that they don't go. And next time they're with that person, church just isn't important to you. But I, I felt I had to say something. I had to tell him the truth. And that's the best way I could summarize it for a four-year-old, almost five-year-old. For, for some people, church, and I don't mean our church, specifically for some people, Christ means very little. There is no affection for Him. That ought break and ache our hearts. Are you there, church? Are you there? Do you feel... That when you leave your neighborhood and your neighbors are cutting their grass, they're loading up their jet ski, they're doing other things besides giving their attention to a God, to a God who through the foolishness of sending his son to a cross is reaching out, longing to redeem a people that have declared themselves his enemies. And as I left, I thought, our God is so good. Where, where are the people who would, who would let him know how good he is? 
We sang that song, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. That was my prayer. God, cause the things of this world that are drawing my neighbors away from you and towards whatever that busies them for another day of their short life, would you cause it to grow dim? Is that your prayer, believer? Is that your prayer, Cornerstone Church? Let me read you the rest of what I started. In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul continues in this way about us. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many of you, not many of us, wise, according to the flesh. Not many of us were mighty. Not many of us were noble. It's not about us. It's not that we're smarter, guys. It's not that we're wiser than our neighbors who are out on their jet ski right now. Okay? It's not that we're more spiritual or more astute. But God has chosen the foolish things, that's us, of the world, to shame the wisdom of the world. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world and the despised. God has chosen the things that are not so that he might nullify the things that are. So that no man may boast before God. Christ, he became to us wisdom from God, not Not just foolishness that we once thought he was. And he also became righteousness and sanctification. And in the end, redemption. So that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boasts only in the Lord. If you want to follow me to Titus chapter 2, we get a similar admonition. But as for you speak things, this is the church. This is how we live now. What do we do now? What do we do? How do we live? What should our attitude be? I've already submitted to you that our hearts should ache. Now, how do we live? How do we act? Here's what we do. But as for you, speak the things which are fit. Older men, be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in the faith, in love and perseverance. That's what you do. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women... We're talking about believers here to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands. So that there's a reason for all this. We're not just going through this whole marriage, manhood, womanhood series just so you can have better homes. It's so that the word of God will not be dishonored, namely that Christ will not be dishonored, that he will get the honor he deserves, that he will get the glory he deserves. That he will be elevated, that he will not be foolishness, that he will be, he'll be honored. That's why we do this. That's why we do this series. Verse 6, Titus 2. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of what? Good deeds with purity in doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that there's a reason. We're not just here to fill up on information and doctrine and be better, you know, churchgoers. It's so that we're left to be a light in the world so that the opponent, that's those who say what what we do is foolishness. The God we believe in is foolishness. The cross is foolishness. So that they will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Urge bond slaves 
to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative. Nothing can be pinned on us that dishonors our God. Not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that they will adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in every respect. I told you when we went through Titus, that word adorn, literally, it's, it's a word for makeup. It dresses up the truth of the gospel. We make the cross attractive as it ought be, not foolishness. Verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. It's here. It's come. It's come in Christ on the cross. Foolishness to them, the wisdom of God to us. It has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and what? The worldly desires. Instead, to live sensibly, righteously and godly in the present age. What is the present age? Remember last week? We live in the present age where God is holding back the floodwaters of his judgment on the shoulders of his son on the cross, just like he did in the Jordan River in Joshua with the ark, with the boat, with that that carried the very presence of God. He stood in the Jordan holding back the floodwaters so that all who would who would trust to put their faith in him, turn from the wilderness into the promised land and run across. That's the present age we're in. The waters are being held back. Our neighbors drive by out and turn the other way. And we should think and our hearts should ache. The waters will not recede forever. They will fall back. Judgment will come back. That should be our heart. Here's what we do. We look for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us in every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Who are the good deeds for? Well, they're for the world. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Now, watch this. Here's how we live. We're subject to rulers, Titus 3, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed. We're not maligning anyone. That's not our heart towards our neighbors who don't honor the God we honor. That's not our heart. It can't be. We are to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also, you remember this? We just read this in 1 Corinthians, right? For we also once were foolish ourselves. We weren't any smarter. We were disobedient. We were deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures of this world, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another, but, and here's what my prayer is, for all of those who I watch turn the other way, away from the God that, that I've come to appreciate and love, the God that we've come to appreciate and love, the God who's pulled back the veil so that we could see his goodness and his kindness. This is my prayer. That the kindness of our God and our Savior and his love for mankind, it would appear it would reveal itself. It would display itself clearly in front of them. That the things of this, were, the, of this earth would grow strangely dim. You see, verse 5 says, He saved us, not on the basis of our deeds, which we have done in righteousness. But He saved us. And here is the great hope in my prayer for those who don't honor the God we honor. Here's, here it is. He saved us not on the basis of our deeds, which we have done in righteousness, 
But he saved us according to his mercy by the washing and regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't us. He poured him out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by whose grace, his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed that's us. We'll be careful to engage in what? How do we live now with those who drive the other way? We engage in good deeds. Why? Because these things are good and profitable for men. They're good and profitable for men, not just saved men, but lost men. So I just want to pray this morning because we can continue to do what we do here Sunday in and Sunday out. And there are empty seats here this morning. Many of those we know who are regulars who are out. I could I could name three, four families right now. I know why they're not here. That's not what I'm concerned about. My heart and my concern is that there are those not here this morning who could be filling these seats. Who need the appearing of the kindness of our God. And we ought feel a burden of that responsibility. Amen. Folks, we can't walk through this life locked arms, joint heirs with Christ, knowing what he has done for us and never have a thought towards those who disregard his goodness and his kindness and his graciousness in the heart of a father that would reach out to a rebellious child. Just like all of us were, we can't walk with that God and not have a heart that aches for those who disregard him. If you never have that thought, if you never have that consideration, I would challenge you. Do you have the affection for your God yourself? So we're going to pray. If you have the affection, let's pray for our neighbors. I imagine that, um, that there are names who come automatically to mind. There, there are faces who come automatically to mind. If there are no faces, if there are no names, would you, would you look within? Would you examine your own affections for God? Do you realize the goodness, the graciousness, the patience, the long suffering that he has extended to us in holding back the floodwaters so that all who might cross can cross on dry, firm ground. We need only turn our back on our past life, our wanderings in the wilderness, repent, as it were, and place our faith in the very presence of God standing in the midst of judgment, place our faith. In Christ, who's planted himself in front of the very wrath of God. Now that God, he's worthy of the reward. Worthy is that lamb. Not just worthy to receive our praise, but he's worthy to receive the praise of the whole world. And listen, he will get it. He will get it. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. It's a matter of whether they 
do it before it's too late or not. Would you join me in praying for those before it is too late? If you want to use the altar, please do. And we're going to sing a couple more. Lord, you hear, you hear the, the cry of our, of our life here on this earth as we walk, waiting, longing for your appearing again, attempting to live faithfully, righteously, peaceably among, among those who disregard your, your grace. Sometimes, Father, we have a tendency to, um, to get frustrated. I know I do. I thank you that your, your word reminds us that such were, such were all of us. None of us were wise. None of us were strong enough. None of us came to love you on our own accord. Father, you first loved us. Your spirit. Your spirit revealed the beauty of the cross. In a way, only it, it could be revealed. And so, Lord, our prayer is simply that you would do that in the in the hearts and the minds of those who live and walk around us every day. And Lord, I. I submit to this body that it's worth us breaking. From the series we're in. To cry out. To cry out from this pulpit, to cry out from this altar, to cry out from this gathering place for believers to cry out for the lost. Your heart is for them. Make our hearts for them. Grant them clarity. Cause them to compare the things of the earth Hold those things lightly. Cause them, Father, in a way only the Spirit can. To see the clarity and the beauty that is the cross. That it no longer be foolishness in their minds. But that it might be the power of our great and mighty God. For our salvation. As our affections grow for you, might our affections grow for the lost.